2: You must have given up the hope of living.
3: Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary. I do not let the word death bother me. Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for?
0: (laughs) Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil,
4: and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to another Game of Death version of Triviality. We haven't done one of these in a while, so this is good to get back to it. Um, This one's going to be a little bit special, um, and I mean that seriously because Sam Carr is going to be joining us. You may remember him from his previous appearance on A Game of Death. Um, We figured we needed to have him back. If anybody did good math, unlike we did in our first time around with him, (laughs) that game ended tied so yeah. we never re- actually resolved it. He yeah. tie, could have tie to the home
5: team. So that's how that's he, how we worked it out. Well,
4: we would have done a tiebreaker. He could have potentially been our first game of death uh champion. I don't, we don't really have a word for him, but uh yeah. so he would have been he could have very well been the first, so we thought it was only right before we do any more of these back again in the series to have Sam back on mm-hmm. and uh give him another fair shake at the pagoda. How's it going, Sam?
1: Uh I'm doing great. I uh fully expect to do worse this time around so you're looking forward to that uh when i when i heard that jeff was going to be hosting i i knew that i was going to be learning a lot so i'm <laughs> going to take that that's going to be my positive perspective for this game here so no definitely excited and appreciate the uh, appreciate the opportunity for a
2: rematch so and uh, noticeably silent today is neil um i don't know exactly where he is right mm-hmm. now but he they keep saying something about reverse spelunking. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Maybe some sort of sexual maneuver, but yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever he's doing, he's not here in the studio. He did say that uh, he would Skype in yeah. for his his rounds, though.
5: He might pop in like Kramer, just kind of through the door. And, then, and we'll all cheer. And then, and then he'll be on his
1: way out. The door that's never locked. Yeah.
4: So if you could, Sam, just briefly remind us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get the game started.
1: Yeah, uh Sam Carr from Watauga, Texas out near Fort Worth. I um since I was last on I actually changed jobs, so I'm in the same industry but doing something a little bit different. Uh so that's good. Uh I work in freight forwarding logistics. I also played my first ever pub trivia at an actual pub, um which I've nice. never, never done before, so Uh, I came in fourth playing solo, so that's pretty good.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Me and Jeff tried to play as a duo the other day, and it did not go well.
4: (laughs) We we tried to make some friends at the bar, and um, Matt and I learned that we shouldn't try and make friends. We don't play well with others.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, but I mean, that's pretty much it since the last time. Uh, I've been doing a lot of push-ups, been trying to Mm -hmm. sleep on some uh, Trivial Pursuit cards, see if they soak through my head osmosis style. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs)
5: That's such a great idea. Maybe I'll keep one in my hat at all times. Let's see, there you let's go. See what happens. A little, little lucky charm, maybe. I'll
4: just know about I'll the moocs all the time. <laughs> well, thanks again, uh, as I said, Sam, for coming back. Uh, hopefully we can do it justice this time as far as the math is concerned. So uh, the rules guy uh, just didn't show up today. He dropped the ball. Um, mm. So I think
2: we're just going to have to go over the rules ourselves this time.
4: Yeah, I think I can cover that. So Game of Death is... Uh, four rounds, five questions each, each in specialized categories. The uh, Today's categories are going to be Matt's favorite, sports, sports. Ken's question marks Potpourri. all around. Potpourri is a good way to describe <laughs> it. And uh, Neil will be joining us for film and television. Sam also, of course, as the challenger to the Pagoda, has his own special category, which we will announce later. Mid-round scoring, it'll be 10 questions, five points apiece for triviality, 10 points apiece for our guests. And the final round. Where Team Triviality can work together, and uh, five questions are standard normal round, five questions each, mm-hmm. uh, wagering up to thirty.
5: So, what floor are we starting on?
4: I I believe we're going to start on the sports floor. All right, kick it to Great. Matt first. <laughs> <laughs> As Great. you all
1: know, that's my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. that's my...
4: <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta get it out of the way. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, if you're ready, we will get started. Let's do it. Question one. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a promising defensive tackle playing in college for the Miami Hurricanes until he was sidelined by an injury. His replacement was what future Buccaneer, Raider, seven-time Pro Bowler, and ultimately Hall of Famer. Okay, I'm
2: locked in then. So he was injured, so he switched sports to wrestling. one that he won't get injured in.
4: Yeah, he well, he, he stopped playing football. He really couldn't yeah. get back into playing yeah. football at that point. So,
2: good thing wrestling is safe. Yeah, a nice non-contact right. sport. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, you said uh, the Rock football, and I wrote Miami, and then you said Miami. So past uh-huh. that, I'm kind of lost. But uh, Raider.
5: I wrote Miami with a cross out through a two as he was writing. Exactly.
4: <laughs> I'm doing these in the Neil style where you start writing what you think is going to be the answer and then and then he blows right past it.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh no, Raider Hall of Favor, and I have I'm sure the time is wrong, but I just wrote um Howie Long. Ah.
4: All right, and uh, what were your thoughts
5: on this one, Matt? So I actually definitely had this guy's jersey. I was a huge Bucks fan at the time. They had those really cool red jerseys with the the skull and crossbones all over them.
4: I'm almost 100% sure that this is Warren Sapp. And points will be going to Team Triviality on this one. It was indeed Warren Sapp. Well done, Matt. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm so shocked that you guys get points and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) was not expecting that at all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and we know this isn't your round, but...
1: No, hey, I've actually been practicing more on the sports than anything, so uh, I did actually make an effort, so...
4: <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, I will never that's try. more than we can say. <laughs> yeah. Ken and I will never try that. <laughs> Question two. On December 31st, 1988, in a game against the New Jersey Devils, this Pittsburgh Penguin became the only NHL player to score a goal in all five game situations. He scored at even strength on the power play, shorthanded, a penalty shot, and an empty netter. Wow. He yeah. scored eight points total. Who is that player? Locked in. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: And I'm going to lock in with no answer. Uh,
4: All right. No answer. <laughs> Sorry. Matt, what'd you say?
5: Uh, yeah, we were actually talking about this guy uh, earlier when we were having lunch. It's Super Mario Lemieux. Indeed, Mario <laughs> Lemieux. We were talking about him. I don't... We were talking about Super Mario. Because oh. <laughs> you were talking about...
1: See, <laughs> that's a name S- that I know, too. Because I, I associate him with uh, being a lot of points guy. But I would not have even known that he was uh, played for that team. So
4: <laughs> He he only played for that team, and now he's the
5: owner, I believe. Yeah, and he played oh, with nice. uh, Yaramir Yager, who is still in the league. At like 43 years <laughs> yes. old.
4: Or four? Wow. He it's he been ne- a while.
5: He will never retire. <laughs> He'll die <laughs> on the
1: ice. You'll
4: have to drag him off the <laughs> ice.
1: That's the way it should be with <laughs> some honor right?
4: <laughs> him and Chris Chelios <laughs> Question three There are currently four members Of Major League Baseball's 40-40 club To be a member of the 40-40 club You must hit 40 home runs And steal 40 bases in one season Name one of the members Of the 40-40 club Locked in All right. Yeah I'm locked in too
5: So I'm i I should just lock in with A-Rod because I'm pretty sure that A-Rod is the
4: right answer, but I went with Vlad Guerrero. All right, and what did you say for this one, Sam?
1: I know, A-Rod is one. I think the first guy to do it was Jose Canseco, so that's what I locked in with.
4: All right, and there will be points given to this one to Sam. Mm-hmm. Jose Canseco did it in 88 for the A's, Barry Bonds in 96 for the Giants, A-Rod with the Mariners in 98, and the most recent one with the Nationals, Alfonso Soriano, 2006. Oh, that's right, Fonzie. That was right before, uh, or right after he was on the Cubs, I believe. God, Matt, don't
5: you know anything about sports? (laughs) (laughs) I just love Vlad Guerrero.
4: I just go with Expos when in doubt. (laughs) Apparently, I was on a little bit of a baseball kick. Question four The designated hitter has been around in the American League since 1973. The Silver Slugger Awards were instituted in 1980. Thus, the first designated hitters couldn't win the award. Who was the first designated hitter to win the Silver Slugger? for the designated hitter position for the yankees in 1980 okay now we're talking oh that's a
5: lot of stuff there okay so i am now i'm locked in with a 1980s yankee
1: player 80s yankees i don't know uh all the players i'm thinking of are 90s but um i know derek jeter plays for the yankees and i know he played in the 90s um and i think he was probably you know born in 1980 so (laughs) yeah
5: (laughs) very impressive feat by
1: him Who's the guy with the beard he uh he's like he's a pitcher but i think he hits yeah let's go uh clemens how about clemens
5: clemens all right and what did
4: you say for this one matt
5: uh the only thing i could think of is 80s and slugging and uh i just went with uh mr october reggie jackson all right
4: sam said clemens matt said mr october it is mr october (laughs) reggie jackson himself you gotta be kidding me dude you got me last game with a Reggie Jackson question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> I originally wrote uh, Harmon
5: Killebrew. I should have I should have gone back and listened to that episode before I wrote this one.
4: <laughs> I will
1: guess Reggie Jackson in
4: every game from this point forward.
1: He's going to be my lucky Jackson for every baseball question. No. <laughs> I like
4: it. It's a, it's a strong play. Question five. In the last 13 seasons, 10 different teams have made it to the NBA Finals. I wrote this question after I realized I had three baseball questions, so I, I took one out. Ten teams have made it to the NBA Finals. The Heat and the Cavs have combined for five appearances each. The Warriors clock in at four. Of those, only two made the trip just once. Name either of those two teams. I'm locked in.
1: I'm just thinking who made it far most recently. I've a uh, small story. I've never had cable ever in my life until this year. And I got it for one month just to watch NBA basketball so, <laughs> and then canceled it. Uh, let's just go Indiana.
4: the Pacers. All right. And uh, what did you say for this
5: one, Matt? Yeah. So I'm locked in with the Thunder, which I believe was 2012. And I think
4: Orlando Magic was 2009, but I locked in with Thunder. Uh, I believe you have both of them, Matt. It is the OKC Thunder and the Orlando Magic.
5: Yeah. The OKC was against uh, the Heat, and I think that was 2012. 2011, they played the Mavericks and and lost. Yep. Celtics yeah. Celtics have made multiple appearances. Mavericks have Mavericks made multiple are appearances. And Spurs have made... I could see where you were in trouble with the math, because the Mavericks were in 2005 or six something where they so it's right on that border of being yeah too
1: hey here's a fun fact at the end of the first round i'm in the exact same place i was at the end of the first round on the last game
4: (laughs) here's another fun fact every single one of those questions had a right answer supplied by someone sports (laughs) Uh, we've moved on to the potpourri round ken's round so (laughs) ken will be uh trying to defend level two against sam we'll start with question one TV comedies have changed dramatically since The Office debuted in 2005. In fact, 2005 marked the last year where a comedy with a laugh track won an Emmy for Best Comedy. <laughs> Which show was that?
1: 2005.
4: Yes
2: interesting to put it that way because they they definitely did get phased out seemingly seemingly except on cbs who yeah it's kind of like locked into the old times
4: well cbs still does the classic three camera sitcoms yeah so
1: i'm gonna lock in
4: the way i came up about this question was 99 invisible has an episode about developing the laugh track and mm-hmm. uh from like an audio engineer perspective so it was, and, and i didn't realize this either until i started paying attention i was like Oh, weird. You know what else came out in 2005? The Office did. <laughs> yeah. And that's generally yeah, I mean, considered yeah, to be... Yeah, to just turned. You know, yeah, it's arrest, generally considered camera. to be the start of like... Yeah. So, I mean, Arrested Development was before that. Yeah. yeah. But they really took off after The Office. Yeah. The, the single camera, those mockumentaries, all those yeah. other kinds Modern of... Modern Family. And yeah.
2: A lot of and all that. Yeah. 2005, that was an awful long time ago.
4: It's only 13 years. In actuality.
2: Years.
1: That's a very long time ago.
2: I'm in.
4: Okay. Sam, what do you think?
1: Uh, I, I know I'm off on the year, but I was trying to think of shows that maybe ended a few years ago that had several seasons that potentially may have started in 2005 that had that classic sitcom kind of like feels like a stage with a laugh track. I went with How I Met Your Mother,
2: and, uh, and I think I'm too early for it. I actually went with the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh,
4: I think How I Met Your Mother started in 09, if I'm not mistaken. It two thousand eight earlier, it's seven or seven. Six, but, okay. yeah. I don't think it was on the air yet. Um, so. This was actually quite the comedy juggernaut for a while. It was Ray Romano's Everybody oh, Loves Raymond. Right.
1: Oh of course. Oh, that was a great show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That was in its decline or towards the end of its run at that time. I think if Deb. you're
1: <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> if you
5: are gonna like make like say what is a sitcom, that would be what I would show them. I think that right. that is the most sitcom sitcom to ever sitcom.
1: And then he was in the office, so full circle. Yeah, yeah. as a branch manager. (laughs)
5: Applying to be branch manager.
4: (laughs) Pulls out a sandwich. These are the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. (laughs) Question two. There are three major linguistic branches in Europe which cover the majority of spoken languages. Two of them are Germanic and Romance languages. What would be the last major branch?
1: I don't even know what that question means.
5: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm glad I'm not on this level. Linguistic, <laughs> Get me so
4: the linguistic branches, so there's like several different Germanic languages, several different Romance languages, and mm-hmm. then this other language group covers a few other different languages.
1: Okay, I'm going to lock in then. I'm going to go
4: with Celtic. All right. Ken's going with Celtic. What do you think on this one, Sam?
1: Yeah, I, I always associate Celtic with Ireland. I was thinking the same region he was thinking, but instead of Norse, I said Nordic.
4: The other major European language Helic. branch is Slavic. Slavic. Uh, Slavic. So many of the uh, northern uh, regions you were thinking of, um, those are actually Germanic oh, in, okay. in origin relation. Uh, but like Finland, Belarus, the Baltic areas, those mm-hmm. would be, uh, and in Russia, uh, Russian would be all Slavic languages. So you guys yeah. were kind of thinking the right area, just couldn't get to the word.
1: So Latin languages would be under Romance? or what?
4: Romance, right, right, right. The French, Spanish, Italian, those are all... Uh, Latin adjacent. Got it. Question three. Which famous historical woman who died around the age of 21, in England, had a given name which translates to spoiled or rotten child? The historical records may not know if this is an accurate depiction, but it's almost certain that retellings of her story in film are way less than accurate. Mm -hmm.
1: So she's famous enough to have multiple films about her.
4: I
2: am in
1: died in england around age 20 so i'm wondering if the first name is have of another origin right like if it's a spanish name or a french name or something i don't know man i'm just gonna say marie antoinette even though she was older and i'm pretty sure in france
2: (laughs) (laughs) and when i think of young women who i think died in england uh i think of joan of arc but uh, in this case, I think of Pocahontas.
4: And Ken will be getting credit on that one. Pocahontas translates, uh, I can't remember which Native American language that is, but it's uh, To Spoiled or Rotten Child. There you go.
1: See, had I thought of Pocahontas, I would i would not have thought of Pocahontas 2, where she returns to England, which was, you know, not as good as the first one. <laughs>
5: There's a contest too. Is that like yeah. a direct-to-DVD deal or whatever?
1: Oh, I'm sure it was. Direct-to-VHS, sure thank you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it was definitely VHS. Pick it up at your local car wash. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Now, we all know that um, Ken's round tends to be a bit of potpourri, but um, Ken really gets kind of gypped because uh, he also loves film quite a bit. So I had yep. to throw a couple film questions in here for him, um, even though that's generally Neil's focus. So. Sure.
1: Forget Neil. He's not here.
4: Question four. (laughs) Robert Duvall received his first acting credit for his silent portrayal of a famous literary character in which 1962 film?
2: Silent role of a literary character. Yes. Bobby Duvall. If you look at my page
1: of notes, it looks like I don't even know how to read, so that's fine. So now I'm stuck on, is the character unable to talk, or is it just like a... Passing cameo
5: type
2: Yeah, deal. right. That's what I was thinking.
1: Did Helen Keller have a brother? <laughs> Harold Keller. Yes,
4: Harry Keller. <laughs> <laughs> he was not very well known in the, in the titular 1962 film, Helen Keller. All right, I'm in. Rides again.
1: Let's see. What are we on question four? So I think this is where I um, give no answer, because I think that's what I did on the last question for. So we are going to tap.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just guessed that maybe he played Frankenstein's monster in some sort of iteration of Frankenstein, but I don't oh, think that's, that's accurate. That,
4: uh, that's that, a really good guess, though. That is a very good guess. Um, this character comes in and plays a very short role at the end of the film, um, but I'm going to guess the performance that you remember from it was probably of a much more famous actor at the time. This was 1962's To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. He plays Boo Radley. Oh, right. man. Oh, he does? Yes, he does. Interesting.
1: I almost said that.
4: Oh, you almost got points then. Good
1: job. As Brandy would say, almost doesn't count.
4: (laughs) Question five. Which actress only drank water throughout the production of The African Queen as a protest against John Huston and Humphrey Bogart's rampant alcoholism? However... Most of the cast and crew became violently ill, and only Bogart and Houston were unaffected because instead of drinking the slightly dangerous water, they drank copious amounts of whiskey.
1: That is awesome.
2: <laughs> I'm in on this one.
1: What a justification for alcoholism. Oh, you're locked in? Yeah. Is that Catherine Hepburn? I locked in with Catherine Hepburn. So.
4: And Ken?
2: It is Catherine Hepburn. And <laughs> she's, you know, she's a... Uh, you know, was a very independent woman, so I could <laughs> I could definitely see her doing the <laughs> protest.
4: And you both answered correctly with Katherine Hepburn. So following the first two rounds, just do a brief recap. Team Triviality is holding the lead at 60, and Sam has a score of 20. Mm-hmm.
5: But we got the swing round coming up, and Sam's round. There's a lot of points still on the board. A lot of
4: points still on the board. A lot of room to catch up. And um, apparently, I'm not good at writing hard sports questions, but I'm okay at writing hard potpourri questions. So oh, they were hard. You only got one right. I'm just really, really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> is your uh, is your shoulder blade uh, sore from all that patting yourself on the back? Oh yeah, and <laughs> now it's sore from carrying the team.
2: Uh, is that a phone I hear ringing in the background? What is that? Hello,
0: Neil? Hello, I'm uh, coming to you guys from the, the future, kind of.
4: I don't think so, <laughs> Neil.
0: Not really, not really. Uh,
4: if anything, you're coming to us from the past. The recent
2: past. Um, so uh, where where the hell are you, Neil? Uh,
0: so I uh, I got called into work. Um, mm, nice I'm guy. working on a, I guess I can't really talk about it, oh. uh, but maybe this episode. Is it a Marvel movie? Ooh. It's not a Marvel movie. Um, they kicked me off the set of uh, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I, I said I wanted more 80s, more 80s stuff, and they said no. Um, so no, I'm at work, uh, working on a commercial. It's uh, really excited about it. it's a national commercial. Uh, I think it'll be out this week when this episode airs. But uh, just in case you guys happen to see a commercial for a coffee company that is the competitor to the company Matt works for, uh, that has an alliteration in its name uh, and it has an old woman on a motorcycle, then that's the one I did. So okay. be on the lookout.
2: Charlie's coffees got it
0: Roosevelt's yeah. roasters so, there you go.
2: so it turns out Neil that you're uh, joining us right in time for the swing round how coincidental
0: it is coincidental it's not like I got a text saying call in now <laughs> <laughs> uh.
4: so today's uh, swing round is actually going to be uh, kind of a zeitgeisty mm-hmm. uh, question round so I'm gonna give you the most popular song and the highest grossing movie and I want you to give me the year Okay. Kind of a kind of a what was going on in each year. So there'll be ten of these. Now these are worth ten points for Sam, Sam five and for us. Five points for Team Triviality. Alright. Alright, here are our movie and song pairings. Question one, Jurassic Park and I Will Always Love You. Number two, Back to the Future and Careless Whisper. Number three, The Dark Knight and Low. Number four, Cleopatra and Surf in USA. Number five, Ghostbusters and When Doves Cry. Number six, The Bible and Ballad of the Green Berets. Number seven, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Breathe. Number eight, Jaws and Love Will Keep Us Together. Number nine, Toy Story and Gangsta's Paradise. Number 10, The Exorcist and Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree.
2: The same year as The Exorcist. Yep. 93 for Jurassic Park. That's correct. So back to the future. I know it takes place in in 1985, but I feel like it came out a year or two after. Or was it 85 exactly?
0: Yeah, it's 85. Yeah. Dark
2: Knight is 08, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's low for the. Yeah.
0: Jaws is 75.
2: 75 for Jaws.
0: Yep. Exorcist is two years before Jaws. 73.
5: Toy Story is 95.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
5: Because Gangster's Paradise came out with. Um, What's that movie? Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Uh, Dangerous. Minds. Dangerous Mind. Minds. Yeah. Don't don't give us clues.
0: Michelle Pfeiffer. Ninety-five. that
5: sounds ninety-five. I had that <laughs> I had that single on cassette, which tells you the era. And I and my, oh really? And my first CD was in ninety-six when I got the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> so. Oh wow!
2: Cleopatra Surfing USA. 16, yeah, that's
0: gotta be um that's gotta be like 67. sixty-two, sixty-three. I want to say Cleopatra is 62, like between 61 and 63. And Surfin USA
5: is off um, one of those early Beach Boy albums, right? So so that makes sense.
2: All right, Ghostbusters and One Doves Cry.
5: That's got to be 84?
0: So yeah, it's got to be like 83, 84. Let's go 83
5: on that one. Uh, one. Doves Cry came out before Purple Rain, which was. How
0: the Grinch Stole Christmas and Breathe. Grinch, I think is I wanna say two thousand. That's just I, I'm pretty sure that came out when like the millennium hit, but I could be wrong. Could be two thousand one, but
5: the Bible came out in like thirty two AD. Uh, I didn't read it
4: <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I will start with the first one. What was your year, Sam?
1: I had well, I wrote ninety one and crossed it out and wrote ninety two and crossed it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I ninety two was the final answer I liked
4: All right, Sam said 92. What did you say, Team Triviality? We went with 93. And the correct answer there, 1993. All right. All right, number two, Back to the Future and Careless Whisper. What did you say for that one, Sam?
1: 1986.
4: And Team Triviality? One before, 1985. All right, Triviality will be getting the points on that one. It was 1985.
1: I'm going to request Andy Saunders rules, please.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Within one, yeah. All right. Question three: The pairing was Dark Knight and the song "Low," I believe, by Little John. All right, what'd you say, Team Triviality? Um, yeah, that's correct. Um, it's uh, '08. And what'd you say on that one, Sam?
1: 2008. They always come out on my birthday, so July 20th <laughs> every year there was a Batman movie. I can't. Remember a Batman movie. So that one was 2008.
4: Indeed, 2008. Both teams getting points on that. All right, your next pairing went a little bit further back. It was Cleopatra and Surfing USA. What would you say, Sam?
1: Uh, Shout out to Batman again. I said
4: 1966. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah. Adam West. And what did Team Triviality come he was up definitely
5: with? definitely surfing a little bit. We
4: went uh, a little earlier than that and went 62. Ah, both teams actually missing on this. Mm-hmm. The year was 1963.
0: Uh, <sighs> that was close. We were close. Yeah.
4: Good job, Neil. You were close. Close, close only counts in horseshoes, Neil.
0: I know. I said, well, I... I I feel good about it at least so, for myself.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pairing for number five was Ghostbusters. That year it was when Doves Cry. What would you say, Sam?
1: Uh, it drives me nuts that I don't know when Ghostbusters came out. I did um, 88.
4: All right. And what did you say, Team Triviality? I uh, went earlier than that in 83. All right. Team Triviality, again, one year too early. Mm. The year was 1984. Question six paired the Bible with the Ballad of the Green Berets. I will turn it to Team Triviality for their answer. That's
5: a classic and a classic that I don't know anything about. We went with sixty-nine. Nice. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh, Sam, what'd you think?
1: Uh, I said nineteen sixty, trying to go as far back as I could on your list there.
4: All right, so that uh, that was very prevalent in the year nineteen sixty-six. Oh, there's the sixty-six. You'd find, uh, you'd find you'd find, hear maybe this song while going to the theater in number seven, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Breathe. What was your answer on that one, Sam?
1: Was that Faith Hill's Breathe? Which Breathe was
4: that? I believe it was Faith Hill's Breathe.
1: Uh, year 2000.
4: And Team Triviality? We went in the year 2000.
5: In the year 2000.
4: <laughs> Great shout out to the old Conan gag. It was indeed <laughs> in the year 2000.
2: In the
1: year <laughs> <air>, 2000. <laughs> 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 you got to wear like the lighted collar and everything. Like <laughs> All
4: right, on to number eight. Uh, I think Neil was pretty certain about this one. Uh, the pairing of Jaws and Love will keep us together. What did you say on this one, Sam? Uh,
1: and I knew that Neil was going to get it because it's Spielberg. Um, I always confuse the years for that one in ET, but I. I think this one's in the 70s, and I said 77.
4: Very close.
5: Neil, what did you think that one was? Neil's eating a chicken sandwich. He can't uh, answer right apparently. now. So we we said uh, 75.
4: I keep forgetting Neil's here because he's not in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Team Triviality is, in fact, correct. It is 1975. Number nine, Toy Story and Gangster's Paradise. I remember both of these fondly as a child, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Sam, what did you say about this one?
1: It's an elementary school throwback combo there uh, 1995
4: And Team Triviality Also went 1995 well, Of course you did because you are correct It is mm-hmm. 1995 And the final one This one is a particularly funny pairing uh, The Exorcist And tie a yellow ribbon round that old oak tree What would you say Sam? 72 Team Triviality? 73 And the answer is 73 Ooh. Oh come on <laughs> That's <laughs> <was> one away. <laughs>
2: Classic uh, Max von Sydow role.
4: <laughs> so if I if I've done my math correctly, I believe uh, that Samuel adds thirty. Is that correct? Yep. Team Triviality adds 35. thirty-five.
1: Thirty-five. Hey, I'm more than half though, which I think is better than the last time. So
4: I actually thought they would get it less right in that for some reason. I don't know why. You underestimated Neil's ability forgot, to know I every movie. Of, ever. I kind of sort of forgot that Neil would be in on this. <laughs>
0: On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: All right, so coming out of the swing round, uh, Team Triviality adds 35, Sam adds 30, scores are 50 for Sam and 95 for Team Triviality. And we'll be moving on to Neil's level of the pagoda. So Neil has found uh, some time in his schedule to join us, which is very nice. And uh, so we'll be moving on to him. We'll start with question one. Which Winter Olympic sport is a major plot point for the James Bond movie for your eyes only? What? (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows this, but every time we go to trivia, not every time, but for a lot, Neil will write down every single James Bond film.
2: Just hoping it'll come in handy one day
0: the thing is though is i don't uh i don't like re-watch the movies so i just i like at least knowing that i can name them
1: i do that with major league baseball teams because i'm confident i'm gonna forget one every mm-hmm. time so
0: I'm trying to think of what would be a good action scene they usually have downhill skiing which i don't think it is that's on her, on her magic secret service and then another one with roger moore um just trying to think of what would be the fastest winter sport that they could do a, like a chase scene with or something so i'm leaning towards uh Bobsledding, maybe, or Get some um, help there, Luge. Uh, no, no, Mark asked if I was talking about Timothy Dong. Um,
2: <laughs> That's Mark P. Smith of the Movie Aldi podcast.
0: Yes. Uh, Mark says hi as he eats his turkey burger. Um, all right, so I'm going to go between Bobsled and Luge, and I feel like Bobsled would be more cinematic, so I'm going to go with, on uh, a complete guess here, I'm going to go on Bobsled.
4: Mm, I think you're thinking of cool running. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what uh, you locked in relatively quickly here sam what did you think on this one
1: yeah my first thought was also skiing but then um i thought that was too generic because i remember him in the one that neil mentioned where he's going down the hill shooting people and then i feel like there were some pierce brosnan ones where he was skiing as well um so i went with luge actually
4: Ooh. so you both went uh, downhill uh if you had answered skiing that would only be half correct cross country because cross country skiing was is half of the biathlon
0: mm-hmm. oh wow oh
4: So they do a full, they do a full biathlon in the movie. It takes three hours.
0: (laughs) That is the one where he's got like the white jumpsuit (laughs) on in the snow. Yes. okay. That's
4: the one where he's got the white jumpsuit with like the red racing stripe down the side. (laughs) Question two, who is the only person to win an Oscar for best director for the only movie they ever directed? They shared the honor with Robert Weiss for their work on 1961's West Side Story.
1: And you're saying that movie was West Side Story, yes. or they just have okay? Yeah, they
4: co-directed with Robert Weiss West Side Story.
1: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in. I'm gonna say Neil E. Fisher. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> final answer. Neil
4: Neil would be in his 70s then. He's looking pretty good <laughs> exactly. for his age. <laughs> he works uh, out, I assume, right?
0: <laughs> cycles or something.
4: So Neil E. Fisher is the uh, is the submission for Sam. And what did you say on this one, Neil?
0: I I could be wrong I just I know the poster really well and uh, Spielberg is gonna be remaking West Side Story and he's casting right now for it so I kept seeing the poster like oh he's remaking West Side Story here's the original poster and if I'm correct I think it's Jerome Robbins
4: all right so the co-director for West Side Story um, had won other Academy Awards but mostly for choreography and that would be Jerome Robbins Wow
1: Wow Good pull. That's
4: a name I have not heard before. because he only won one thing.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that question unless you gave the West Side Story clue. Otherwise, I would have been like...
4: I said, yeah, I said West Side Story on purpose. I was like, this is way too hard otherwise. <laughs> question three. John Patrick Looney was a Rock Island, Illinois gangster and the inspiration for a 2002 character, John Rooney, in the film Road to Perdition. Who portrayed the character, John Rooney? I'm going to lock in.
0: All right, so Sam's locked in. Um, so it's either got to be uh, Daniel Craig's character, um, although it could be could be Paul Newman too. No, I don't think it was. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Craig.
4: All right, so locking in with Daniel Craig. What did you have on this one, Sam? Am I thinking of the right movie? You said Road to Perdition,
1: right? <laughs> was that also a graphic novel? Yeah, it was. Was Tom Hanks in that movie? He was. Yep. Okay, Tom Hanks is what I locked in with, because that's the <laughs> only person I could
0: picture on the cover of the
2: movie. So. All right,
0: it's, well. It's uh, Paul Newman, though, I think. It right? is Paul Newman. Yeah. It's Ken. Uh, <laughs> it's Ken are you sure up. it's Looney with an L, or is it an R?
4: So
2: In the movie, it's Rooney. In real life, it's Looney. Correct.
0: Oh, that's where I'm getting mistaken. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. We're good? Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, I agree. At least he didn't
4: get points, either. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. I did a little bit of a tri-bond for Neil, I'm going to give you three actors and I would like to know what movie they were all in together. OJ Simpson, Fred Astaire, and Paul Newman.
0: Wait, I'll wait till Sam locks in. He didn't. I'm locked in. Oh, um, so first, the first thing you'd want to go for would be like uh, Naked Gun, but uh, he's also wait. in Fred Astaire. Who's the other guy?
4: OJ Simpson, Paul Newman. Fred Astaire, and Paul Newman.
0: Oh, Paul Newman. Oh, easy. No, no, no. I, I got it now. I, I didn't hear Paul Newman. I'm in. <laughs> so we're both in? Yeah. Well,
4: all right, Sam, what did you have on this one?
0: Uh, well,
1: Neil said the first thing you want to go with is naked Gun, so that's what I went with. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only O.J. Simpson movie
0: I can think of.
4: And uh, Neil, apparently, uh, once he remembered Paul Newman was in this, uh, seemed to have gotten it. So what did you say, Neil?
0: Yeah, along with uh, Poseidon Adventure, it's the other uh, favorite uh, disaster movie of mine. It's The Towering Inferno.
4: Well, uh, I I didn't realize this was uh, one that you were so familiar with, Neil, but you are correct. It is the Towering Inferno. Mm.
0: Wow. Yeah. OJ is uh he's a security guard or a a fireman, I can't remember, but um yeah, he's got a small role in it.
4: All right. And question 5. This is the only one that's not a film question, but it is pop culture, so I think I think Neil should have a chance at it. We'll see. Question 5. Phil Collins might be one of the most interesting musical collaborators in the business, recording the chorus uh, with Bone Thugs and Harmony's mm. song "Home," he did that on purpose. He was very excited about the project. Not to be outdone, Sting did a live performance of which Puff Daddy song at a memorial concert for Biggie. The song so heavily samples from Sting that he actually owns a hundred percent of the publishing
0: rights. Okay, I know this. I just gotta think of the title. Yeah, me, it's me too. I know the song. I can't think of the title.
5: <laughs> Singing in my head right I now. I know you are.
0: Yeah. And now uh, I'm
1: mixing it up with the. Uh, Islands in the stream, one that Buffy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I think with a little faith, I'll, I'll, figure it out. Oh, I see what you.
5: But did you there. gotta have faith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Limp biscuit.
0: A little faith, Evans. I'll be
1: next breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm gonna lock in with what I think it is, mm-hmm. and if it's not, then we'll see. But uh,
5: no money, more problems, Yay. right?
1: That's right.
0: Every day we pray for you. <laughs> Um,
4: <laughs> those are great lyrics neil
0: <laughs> i i am right there with sam like i know it's uh it basically it's a it's a cover of every breath you take but i want to say it's just called i'll be missing you for biggie i'm gonna go with that i'll be missing you
4: okay sam and what did you say
1: the exact same thing i'll be missing you
4: indeed um so he used it without permission and uh sting acquired the 100 percent publishing rights mm. so uh even though he did it in a joint performance, which you should watch it because it's very awkward. They never look at each other. It's I'll be missing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not "not I'll be watching you? Not I'll be watching no. you, no.
0: Sting, Sting is always watching you.
4: <laughs> yeah, even right now. That that feels Let, accurate.
0: Lady hey, A <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right, so uh, tacking, tacking another 30 on to the team triviality score, Neil brings it up to 125, and Sam is at 60, I believe. But we'll have Price Waterhouse Coopers do independent auditing on that. <laughs> <laughs> Call in
2: one of the big four to get oh,
4: those hanging chads you have to watch out for.
2: <laughs> but now <laughs> is the time we've all
4: been waiting for because Sam's about to make a little comeback here, perhaps? Uh, I, I hope so uh, because Sam is now uh, getting his round. And uh, Sam wanted uh, – well, he gave me a couple options and one that I thought um, would be fun for everybody – Um, although now I wish I wrote one that would just punish team triviality. Um, so we're doing, uh, we're doing emo and indie bands. So I'm pretty excited about this one myself. Uh, who would you like to call out for this one, Sam?
1: Uh, well, that's one of the things that drew me to your guys' podcast was all the references you made to all the music that I grew up with. (laughs) Uh, So I think you would all probably do okay, but I actually, uh, big fan of the head to head. So I'm
0: going to go with Ken on this one.
4: All All right. All right. This will be fun. Should be good. Uh, and then Neil, you're dropping out.
0: Yeah. Just hold it, hold down the fort. And then if you want to call me, Yeah,
4: America's not going to run on its own. It's
2: we'll hold
0: down the Dakota. <laughs> Take care guys.
2: Thanks. Bye. bye.
5: now that Neil's gone, don't you hate that guy? <laughs> He's still on the call. He's like, Son of a <laughs> <b-."> <laughs>
4: still here. <laughs> still here guys. All right. So as, uh, as previously mentioned, we're going to be doing uh, indie and emo bands, which I'm very excited about. Um, and uh, Sam has very bravely called out Ken. I think Ken will do okay on this, but we'll see. So, question number one. I think one. Matt's
2: the juggernaut here. Though. I, I agree. I would agree with
4: that. Question number one. You can go to hell for heaven's sake, but ultimately, what this band wants is only about 2.9 miles away, assuming you're five foot seven.
5: I can hear the lyric in my head being sung, and I can't remember who sings it.
4: Me either.
1: And the reference is weird too. <laughs> do, you, do you
2: get what he's getting at?
1: Two point nine miles away if you're five foot seven. Do you know what that means? No, but I'm assuming you do. I'm trying to figure it out right now. That's the part yeah, that I, I'm. I think I
2: know what th- I think, think I know what that means.
4: Mm. Short
1: staff from Tokyo. This was
4: one no, of that no. I like. I wrote and this is <laughs> this is much like your question earlier where I wrote it and I was like, oh, this is dumb. I love it.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. If we're going emo and indie, it sounds like it would be an AFI lyric. So I'm gonna go AFI.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go uh, whiny as well and go with uh, Under Oath.
4: <laughs> All right. So, Go to Hell for Heaven's Sake is a direct reference to the band. The reference to the band's name, the reason that your height matters is because the taller you are, the farther away the horizon is. This bring is me Bring Me the Horizon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because they want it. I got it. <laughs> that, Yes. i'm sorry
2: i Um, loved writing very very good good. (laughs) that's pretty good can't
5: drown your demons they know how to swim
2: (laughs) there's another one that we can't listen to anymore Matt, because he peed on a girl
4: (laughs) him and r kelly that's that's in the no pile fair enough Sorry, that one was that when I came up with the idea for that, I was like, I love this. Sorry, that's really good. Sorry to all the listeners who had no idea what
1: that. Is. It makes sense after you say it, but it's wow. Well. Because <laughs> I was
4: like, no, I, was I hope they figure out there. like the math matters, like the taller you are, the farther away yeah. it is. But no,
2: uh, no Pirates of the Caribbean reference for us there.
4: No Pirates of the Caribbean. All right, what's next? Question two With songs such as Pompeii and Things We Lost in the Fire, it's no surprise that Bastille's debut album was met with high praise. What is the name of Bastille's album? I think they did it better than Taylor.
2: Locked in. They did it better than Taylor? Yeah. So it's got to be Red or maybe
4: 1989. I'm going to go with Red. All right. And what do you think about this one, Sam?
1: Because baby, now we got bad blood.
2: I'd like to bet that song.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be bad blood mm.
2: i forgot they had a song called bad blood too didn't
4: they? that's that's also one of the songs on that yeah. album yeah Shoot. <laughs> oh shoot you'll, you'll notice it was one of the songs i left off the list <laughs> question three this wisconsin indie folk band gained a following with their debut album for emma forever ago mm. their second album which was self-titled controversially won best new artist for the 2012 grammy awards in addition to best alternative album which band is this this album rocks and i'm in yeah
1: me too
4: all right sam I and mean, what is the answer on this
1: uh i think the band name was a shout out to northern exposure and uh however you want to pronounce it i think mm. it's bon iver
4: <laughs> and ken what'd you say on this one bon iver, that, ah. not, bon iver? Not, not bon iver no not bon iver bon iver <laughs> well done gentlemen
2: what's, what's your favorite song on there
1: there's a lot. I really like, uh, and I can't remember the name of it right now. You know what that one is? Yeah, that's all of them. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Creature Fear. Yeah. Creature Fear is what it's called.
5: My yeah. favorite Bon Iver song is Monster by Kanye West, where he sings the hook. <laughs> <And
1: that's... laughs> oh. Also, Woods off that album is pretty much straight Justin Vernon all the way through. So,
4: Question four. Anthony Green... Colin Frangietto, Brendan Ekstrom, Nick Beard, and Steve mm. Clifford are members of this alternative rock band from Philadelphia. I got yeah. It. I mean, it. Yeah, I kind of. Ooh, figured. you too, Sam. <laughs> I had I had more in there, but okay. Yeah, we'll go with that.
2: <laughs> I'll finish the question. Go ahead. They founded
4: it. the band in 2004, releasing six albums since, all in Violent Waves. Mm. All good. All good
2: too. Nice. Uh, that would be one of my personal favorites, circa Survive.
1: Yeah, after Anthony left say and circus mm-hmm. survive
2: circus
5: survive yeah good band
1: i love these questions jeff <laughs> thank I you
5: i'm very happy with them <laughs>
1: this, is, this is my favorite round of this show
5: think, so. <laughs> this is very for a very niche audience so
4: i i wrote i wrote specifically for sam <laughs> and here
2: comes the horse the band question <laughs> no,
4: there will be no horse the band questions today
2: we got to get in touch with we got to reach out to horse the band
4: i wonder if they would actually do anything for us that'd be great let's mm-hmm. reach out to
2: horse the band
1: you guys are in Chicago. You've got so much Midwest emo up there. Just call Mike Kinsella, see what he's doing. And have <laughs> he's
4: today. running his uh, Twitter. I That's wouldn't funny. mind if we got uh, Alkaline Trio out here either. Yeah. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Most of them are pretty busy these days. I know. Too
1: famous with the uh, Blake 182 now. So I, I don't know what Dan's doing. He was doing an acoustic. <laughs> <somebody> <laughs> yeah. But he last
5: Dan Andreno in the emergency room, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds right. It was somebody weird, like Dustin Kinzeru or something, though, that he was touring with. Mm-hmm. I was... Confused,
5: so
4: another nine (laughs) listeners left to the show, but welcome because we love all of you very much. (laughs) Question five. Natasha Khan received Mercury Prize nominations for her albums Fur and Gold, Two Sons, and the Bride. What is Natasha Khan's stage name?
1: What were the album names one more time?
4: Fur and Gold, Two Sons and the Bride. This one is probably a little less famous than the other ones, but How do you spell Khan? K A H N.
1: Fur and gold is what's hitting me. That feels like that's one that I should know.
2: I don't think I'm right, but I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and get in here. I've never heard of this person.
1: Stage names that are female. I think of, like, St. Vincent, but I know her name is Annie something. Um, like Lady Gaga, which is, you know, she's Italian. Everyone knows that, so it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really don't know. Um, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be one of those. It's not Florence and the Machine. It, it's going to drive me nuts. Um Let's go with, um, who's the lady who did the one uh, it's like gold frap? How about that? Let's go with that.
2: Okay. And what were your thoughts on this one, Ken? Yeah, I put St. Vincent, but then he, when he said it, her name is Annie, I was like, oh, yeah, of course it is. Annie Clark. But, uh, uh, yeah,
4: St. Vincent. So, right. uh, unfortunately, neither of you are going to get points on this. Uh, anybody remember the the group Bat for Lashes? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the answer. <laughs> Bat for Lashes I do remember
1: Bat for Lashes I actually thought that was a full band though I didn't. I guess I never saw them live so I didn't realize that was just one person
4: uh. well she's the yeah that's her stage name so yeah they take it from her but yeah there are other people involved in the project but it's mostly gotcha. her show so that brings us to 145 to 90 Ooh, yeah. it's an in range and this is definitely anybody's game because I wrote the final round all right and who the hell knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> all right, let's get right into it cuz I have to leave 20 minutes ago. Yeah. All right, so your categories, gentlemen, are going to be Olympic lies, mm. okay. All in the jeans. Keep off the grass. Manufacturing. <laughs> and up in the air. Okay. We are locked in with our Sounds wagers. Sounds good. You're all set for the final questions? Yes, sir. Do all I... right. No, oh, I'm no sir. i appreciate the unnecessary deference but (laughs) so category is olympic lies we've come to expect that the summer and winter games now occur every two years alternating between the games but that's not always been the case as it used to occur in the same year however if you're like me technically one of the summer olympics didn't happen at all which summer olympics was technically held in seasonal winter all the genes In developing fruit flies, it's possible that they won't develop a heart. What is the name for the gene on which this occurs? The gene shares its name with both a famous movie character and a 1974 pop rock song. Keep off the grass. Turf grass, or your lawn, takes up about 2% of the acreage of the entire United States. What U.S. state is approximately the same size as all U.S. lawns? Manufacturing. Which auto manufacturer got their start by merging three separate aircraft engine manufacturers in 1916? Their origin is noted in their name and paid homage to by their logo. Last one, up in the air. The longest domestic flight in the world is from which world capital to the island of New Caledonia in the southern Indian Ocean, a distance of over 10,000 miles?
5: That's the longest commercial flight from a world capital to an island in the West
4: Indies. It's the longest domestic flight. It flies out of which world capital all the way to the island of New Caledonia, which is owned by the same country. Oh, okay. Which is located in the Southern Indian Ocean? It's a distance of over ten thousand miles. And you're looking for the world capital? Yep. Okay.
3: Calling all kids in the car! Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure: three rounds of fresh trivia. Search for The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Kat
5: and Jethro, box of
0: oddities. What do you do when the woman you
4: love dies?
2: Kat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious.
3: Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and
2: cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities.
3: The Webby award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Ooh, this
1: is rough. Yeah, I agree.
4: I wrote the game. I think no one expects anything less
1: regretting my wagers now
2: so now that the uh answers are in uh it should be noted that matt has also left the studio <laughs> <laughs> this game of death is uh resulting in uh just a head-to-head between me and you sam so as i was
4: say even if uh it d- doesn't really matter who ends up on top um sam already took down two of the three members of triviality before we even finished the final so right.
1: <laughs> took down as uh not the correct way to phrase
4: that so defenestrated
1: yeah, there you go. Like like Prague. That's a, Thank
4: you. That made me very happy. <laughs>
1: With the wagers I made, I am uh, justifiably in a position I'd rather not be in. But
2: uh, we'll see what shakes well, out. We, we were too. We so.
4: <laughs> All right. So the first question is in Olympic lies. So again, I was looking for which Summer Olympics was technically held in seasonal winter. Uh, team Triviality and Sam both wagering ten on this. What did you say, Sam?
1: I had no idea. Olympics are rough for me. <clears throat> I just said nineteen twenty. Not even
4: knowing if that was an Olympic year. So uh, should be. I think it was. Yeah, should be.
1: Your response makes me think it's not the
4: correct answer, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we said the uh, two thousand Sydney Olympics.
4: I think you're onto something, Ken, with the Sydney uh, Olympics. Um, although i feel exceptionally dickish when you said it i had to look it up and make sure 2001 2000 sydney olympics were held in september so they weren't it was in the fall is when they finished and uh so the games in 2016 in rio were held locally in seasonal winter fair enough at minus 10 for both teams all right question two all in the jeans In developing fruit flies, it's possible they won't develop a heart. What is the name for this gene? Sharing its name with both a famous movie character, which I believe it's named for, and personally, favorite of mine, 1974 pop rock song. Wagers to Sam betting high on this one were 20. So what'd you say on this one, Sam?
1: Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to think of heartless movie characters that may have had songs named after them. And a buddy of mine was in a rock band called the Max
4: Caddies one time. So I said Max Katie. (laughs) All right, and uh, Team Triviality Betting 10. So, Ken, being the lone representative, what did you say?
2: When I think of heartless movie characters, um, literally not figuratively, I go with the Tin Man. So I'm going to say Tin Man, Gene.
4: Um, if you know me <clears throat> a little bit, you might know I have quite an affinity for the folk rock band America, and they had a song called Tin Man. Of course oh, nice. they did.
1: <laughs> That's uh, way good. I answered that one last, and I was not going to get there, so... <clears throat>
4: This is this is one you should definitely make up a ground on, because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who knows about how big the United States is. So keep off the grass. Uh, the wagers were 10 points apiece. Uh, so we'll start with you, Sam. What uh, what state is about 2% the size of the United States?
1: Man, that was rough, too. I was thinking of a small one, but one that wasn't too small, uh, and I ended up going with Vermont.
2: Yeah, that's uh, the same strategy I use when picking an arm wrestling opponent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, we went with Massachusetts though
4: all right both teams going to be losing points both teams went way too small oh really so the median the median sized state in the US 2% of the United States is actually Iowa oh man and I had Iowa on my list it seems it seems hard to believe but yeah, it makes sense median sized state a lot of corn and occasionally Neil in a Hawkeye uniform
1: yep oh that's right also winning talent shows for Frank Sinatra songs. So
4: only, only in his dorm, okay? We're not going to give him more credit than his due. <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> it's not campus-wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, question four was in manufacturing. Uh, which auto manufacturer got their start by merging three separate aircraft engine manufacturers in 1916? Uh, what did you say on this one, Sam? You wagered 10.
1: Yeah, 1916 was the part of the question that I didn't write down, which now makes me think my answer's wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> I had originally written, like, Subaru, thinking it was long enough to be the names of three different things. And I think they have stars, stars in their thing. But then I went with Mercedes, thinking that triangle might be an airplane.
2: All right. And- Ooh, that's not a bad answer either. Um, we went with uh, Buick due to the what we think are three diamonds in the logo.
4: I, I understand the, uh, the appeal to the logos. Buick actually is the oldest car company in the United States. They were formed in, I believe, 1902. 1903. Hmm. Um, Mercedes is much closer to the right guess, although they've been making cars since the uh, early nineteen hundreds. In fact, uh, eighteen eighty six was their first prototype. Um, this company is named the Bavarian Motor Works because they manufactured engines before they made cars, and their logo is a spinning propeller blade. BMW. Got that it. Makes sense. And on to the final question. It's all up in the air. The longest domestic flight in the world is from which world capital to the island of New Caledonia in the southern Indian Ocean, a distance of over 10,000 miles? All right, uh, Sam, with the high wager here, 15. What did, you, what did you have as an answer?
1: I should really know who New Caledonia belongs to. Um, I answered Sydney.
4: And Team Triviality wagering, 10.
2: Yeah, we figured uh, England has a vast empire, so we went with uh, London.
4: You are you're not wrong that England has the uh, has quite the vast empire, um, but believe it or not, um, the country with the vastest empire still is France. So mm-hmm. the longest domestic flight in the world flies from Paris, France, to the island of New Caledonia. Kind of
2: like what I was saying to Matt when we were discussing it. I said, <laughs> "What about a country that uh, has like you know territories abroad, like France? Maybe Paris, France." <laughs> sure, Maybe. you want to go with London? Sure.
4: <laughs> that is exactly how it happened. <laughs> And uh, it is Paris, France. Right on. All right. So in in final, in total, um, Sam fought his way back to the Pagoda. Sam fought his way up the Pagoda. But ultimately, uh, it was the turn of Team Triviality in today's game, 115-25. to 25, And all of that was the final round wagers. So Team Triviality definitely getting by on the skin of their teeth on that one.
3: Why continue? Just let me pass. You have forgotten that I, too, am not afraid
2: of... Death.
1: You want to talk about a defenestration That's what just happened out of the top of this
2: <laughs> <laughs> But honorably fought And we should also mention Since you tied the first game It was the longest, longest bout In Triviality history
4: That's true. True, It took two matches
1: <laughs> uh, Well if you want a third, let me know I'm always down <laughs>
2: <laughs> And also, you know, most, most of the Triviality team Did not have the uh, the energy To see it through <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh, I guess I did do some damage. No, I greatly appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. And like I said, my goal at the beginning, my expectation was to learn more than I actually knew. So I definitely did that. I'm
4: yeah. kind of I'm kind of surprised at how well my my teammates did. Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit a little bit more even keel throughout that it was, game. It was tough because some of those, um, were, uh, those
1: were good questions.
2: Thanks again for coming on, Sam. You're always uh, you're always a blast to have on. one, one of our favorite guests for sure
1: oh yeah absolutely if you guys want to do a, an emo lay it on me man I'll, I'll take you all down so
2: let's do it that was a lot of fun <laughs>
1: it was so I enjoyed
2: game. that I would be
4: I would be more than happy to write a full lay it on me for that not, I, uh, not too
2: happy though because you gotta still be a sad boy <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> Well, it's funny. I just changed jobs. The company I was working at was Titan Services, the new company. Uh, it's a German company named for Eckhart Moteman, and it's actually Emo Trans. So it's pretty oh hilarious. Oh, my
4: God. It's great. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all in our guy liner and our girl jeans, you know.
4: I, um, I earmarked <laughs> probably 20 or 30 web pages um, for food for thought for. So we'll definitely have to have you back for an emo or indie lay it on me.
1: That would be incredible. Yeah, greatly appreciate the opportunity to come back. Yeah, you guys have a great show, and uh, just looking forward to all the new episodes.
4: And I, I think you get the satisfaction of of having that uncertainty where you probably would have beaten us, but we'll never know.
1: <laughs> the world may never know.
4: Yeah, you can you can have that little asterisk on your Wikipedia page for potential first game of death winner.
1: Don't they give those <laughs> the guys who take steroids too? Right. <laughs>
4: Well, we'll never know. The world may never know. But uh, thanks again, Sam. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, on behalf of basically Ken and myself. Yeah, and the other two are laying
2: on the on the ground next to the pagoda. <laughs> uh,
4: we'll also thank uh, Matt and Neil who joined us in today's game. But uh, that was Triviality. It's
3: Reggie. Reggie Jackson?
1: Coop, nice going out there. Thanks, man. But you know, I gotta tell you, it's because of you that I'm here. That's nice to know.
4: I brought this for you. I saw some kid try to leave the ballpark with it. You gotta hang on to that. I got the two home run balls I hit in the World Series. Some wretched little at the third one. That sucks, dude.
1: I
3: got to get my trophy. Uh, Maybe we can have a hot dog sometime.
1: All right. Sounds good.
2: Hey, Coop. I don't have your ball. Good luck next year. Oh, thanks.